Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips 4 Round 6. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. This is take two of the podcast. I'm recording this one on a Wednesday night. Yesterday, Tuesday afternoon, the usual scheduled time for this podcast. I was sitting back, talking a lot about rugby league. The audio was all done. The podcast had been wrapped up. And I'm about to upload it and realize that there is no audio. The audio had been lost. There was some corruption in the files. So all my good work yesterday was deleted. And, you know, God, he got a, a good podcast. Me talking about rugby league for 45 minutes because I was basically just talking to him and myself uh, for 40 minutes. So this is take two. Today I've actually been recording my other podcast, What Have We Been Watching Movie Podcast, with my co-host, Noel Letter. And uh, we discussed all uh, the animated Walt Disney classic animated movies. We rank them all uh, from worst to best, uh, all the movies they've ever done. So check out what have we been watching on Thursday afternoon for the latest episode. We discuss episode, uh, movies 40 to 21 on our list on that particular show. But yes, recording this on Wednesday night, about to release it on Thursday morning. So sorry for the delay it's it's unfortunate. I uh, can't say it won't happen again, but I'll try my best to bring it down time every week. You guys know that. So, uh, some positives with the delay of the podcast is the amount of news that has circled in in the last twenty four hours. In particular, the Cronulla Sharks head coach situation. Yesterday, when I recorded the podcast that will not get released, I discussed how John Morris was in the was Craig Fitzgerald had just signed a three year deal, and John Morris was in a crisis meeting with the club uh, in determining his short-term future for the rest of the season at the Cronulla Sharks. Since yesterday afternoon, we have seen that John Morris has gone from the club immediately. Josh Henney, who was the interim coach for the Cowboys and a good player in his day, uh, he was the interim coach for the Cowboys last year. He will step in and coach the Cronulla Sharks for the rest of the year. He lost his first six games as Cowboys coach last season. I think he won two games overall, so a bit of a... Uh, not impressive record, and when situations like this happen, usually clubs can completely uh, go off the rails and and things can fall apart quickly. So we're going to get into that when I get to the match preview a little bit more in depth when I cover the Knights versus the Sharks on Friday night. But last week, if we go back to round five for a, a moment, and because I'm recording this on Wednesday night, it seems like an eternity ago, but I was 6 from 6 heading into the Sunday games, and I posted on my Facebook page at Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Please follow and like that page if you guys haven't. But I posted, am I en route to my first perfect round of the season? I was confident in the Tigers beating the Cowboys and the Eels beating the Dragons, and both the upsets happened. The Tigers were absolutely disgraceful in that first half against the North Queensland Cowboys. I'll get more into that as well as we talk about all the latest in the World of Rugby Leagues and I give my previews for each match of the Telstra Premiership this week. All right, with that out of the way, the show is growing even bigger and better in 2021. I had my first guest, Matt Cosru, on a couple of weeks ago and I'm hoping to continue the guests, continue the momentum Get more in-depth with the matches, and most of all, start getting these footy tips right. So please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. If you haven't, please subscribe, leave a comment, and leave a review on wherever you uh, subscribe and listen to your podcast each and every week, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcast. It's very important to the future of the show if you guys are continuing to support it, and the support's been unreal over the last 12 months. I'm over 500 likes on Facebook, so let's start the march to 1,000, and let's really expand the show in the future so I can do more exciting shows. 
Just a quick announcement before we get into the, the round this week. Also, Steve's NRL free tips will be a little bit different next week. I'm hoping to have a guest or two that is unconfirmed at the moment, but I'm hoping to have a couple of guests on next week. And basically what it's going to be is we're going to put our footy tips. The footy tips will still be in the show, the footy tips portion of the episode, and I'll put some timestamps down so you guys can go straight to the tips if that's all you're interested in. But uh, next week, we're going to be recapping every team's season so far after six games. So it's basically a quarterly assessment of each team. I'm going to grade them from A to F, and hopefully a couple, one or two guests are on board next week to help me do that. But thank you guys for the continued support. It's going to be a special edition of the show next week. And uh, sorry about the late episode this week, but let's get into all the footy tips. Starting on Thursday night, when the Penrith Panthers uh, travel up to Suncorp versus the Brisbane Broncos from at from Suncorp Stadium at 7.50 p.m. The Brisbane Broncos head-to-head, they're $12. The Penrith Panthers, the only undefeated team left in the NRL for 2021. There's only one undefeated team and one team without a win. And Penrith are on top of the ladder. They're flying high. They've won. They've lost one game, one regular season game since round one last year and one draw. They are absolutely flying they're looking into the future. They're looking at the premiership race. The expectations for this club are huge now, considering what they've been able to accomplish over the past 12 months. This is a little bit of a danger game for them. The Broncos, yesterday, Kevin Walters finally swung the axe and dropped both Anthony Milford and Tessie New. Tessie New is a promising young center, so I'm sure he'll be back in the squad at some point. But the huge news, obviously, Anthony Milford. The axe has been swung, and they put Tom Dearden and Brodie Croft in the halves. This week, and they're going to experiment with that combination for 80 minutes. Milford back to reserve grade. He's going to have to earn his spot back in the team. And for me, the Broncos have won one out of five games so far to start the season. Very disappointing. Obviously, their only win coming against the winless Canterbury Bulldogs. And Kevin Walters has had such a hard initiation, a trial by fire, so to speak, in his first year at the club so far. However, I really like the move. I think the drop of Milford... And it's such an experienced playmaker, and obviously the pressure's been on him for a long time to lead the team around, which you know never has been Milford's strong point. He's better as a support half and uh, has that strong running game. But dropping him and Tessie New has really set the standard there at the Broncos, and and it's making Kevin Walters put a little bit of fear into his players to perform, and I think that's a positive thing because I think uh, Walters has to get back to that old mentality with the Brisbane Broncos. It's truly an honor to play for such a great club, and that's what the players need to believe, and they need to earn that jersey week in and week out, which I think some guys have just been cruising by over the last few years there, and uh, they need strong performances to back it up. So going into this week in their match against Penrith, it's going to be an interesting one, and the round kicks off with it. The Panthers, you know, most pundits will tell you it's not about the result this game. It's about how much Penrith will win by. It's hard to disagree with that. It's impossible to tip against Penrith against almost every team in the NRL so far this season. Just to, when you look at how Penrith are traveling, they're just, you know, gears ahead of every other team in the competition at the moment. Jerome Luai's combination with Viliame Kikia continues to impress each and every week, and he's such a damaging ball runner, Luai, that he combines so well with the organization of Nathan Cleary. They're the best halves combo in the NRL by quite some margin at the moment, and obviously they're going to be coming to contention come New South Wales time, but, you know, I, I expect them to be at their damaging best this Thursday night. They can't take Brisbane lightly, but even if they do, to be honest, I can't see Brisbane getting a win. 
Uh, for Brisbane to keep this match within 30 points would be a, a massive accomplishment to the Broncos, considering what Penrith have accomplished so far this season. So I've got Penrith by 28 in this match. I think Brisbane will continue to improve. I don't like Stephen Crichton at fullback. I know that he was involved in that scuffle with Joseph Tarpanay um, over the past week. And obviously, there's been a lot of reports and uh, people suggesting that Penrith are arrogant and, you know, a sore winners, so to speak. Uh, so they're going to be out to kind of change that perception over the coming weeks, I'm sure, and they're going to keep their mind solely on football. But this Brisbane side, I like the combination of Dearden and Croft. I think they deserve their chance together to see how they go, considering they're both, you know, Brody Croft was came to Brisbane with such a massive wrap around him and a massive signing, got named co-captain by Seaboy last year. Um, so they, I think they got a, a chance to prove themselves. Their forward pack is massive, Huss, Lodge, Pengai Jr., the list goes on there. So I think if they can, you know, just match Penner for a little bit uh, for the opening 20 minutes, and because when Brisbane leak points, they leak them very quickly usually in matches. They can just hang with Penner for a while. I think that will be actually an achievement for Brisbane. It will actually do their confidence a world of good because I don't think they're the worst team in the NRL at the moment, but confidence and wins are obviously few and far between for uh, for them. So versing a benchmark team like Penrith, you've just got to hope for the best if you're Kevin Walters in charge of the Broncos this week. But I've got Penrith by 28 in this point in this game. It shouldn't worry them too much, the environment. They'll just be out to improve on the image uh, of the club that has been obviously suggested that uh, that they're not the most honourable winners. So we'll see how they, they go about that, but they're going to be way too strong for this this weekend Brisbane side and uh, you know down on confidence down on troops they uh, they just need to hang in as long as they can the Broncos moving on to the Friday night action now and it all kicks off from 6pm when the team that I mentioned at the start of this broadcast travel up to Newcastle the Knights will host the Cronulla Sharks from Australia Jubilee Stadium at 6pm and Cronulla what a week it's been on and off the field obviously there's been players like Sean Johnson that came out publicly and on the Matty Johns show on that occasion and have backed the coach Wade Graham also interested there were reports that John Morris couldn't attract star signings to the Cronulla Sharks but I think that it's an absolute disgrace how they've treated him really he's had very little to work with over the past couple of years John Morris he had an aging roster with guys that definitely were past their primes guys like Fafida Dugan, Matt Moyland, who has, has been very injury-prone as well, and put the retirement of Paul Gallen, and he's dealt with all those things very well with either you know, dropping the play if required. Guys like Matt Moyland, Dugan have really improved their form, and then they've been in a salary cap crisis where they haven't really been able to attract anyone. So John Morris hasn't played with his roster over the last two years, but done a fine job, made the finals both years. Sure, they haven't been contenders, they haven't been the top side over his two years in charge, but what he's been able to do, if it was a lot of other coaches, and if you saw a guy that didn't have the passion of John Morris in charge of the Cronulla Sharks, this could have been these years could have been written off as rebuilding years. Instead, they've both been in the finals and they've both taken significant leaps forward. And the Sharks are without a doubt a better place with John Morris leaving them than when he before he started. And I think that it's a disgrace how they've treated him. The board should be ashamed of themselves. They were talking to coaches all during the off-season, but there was no transparency with John Morris and the whole situation. John Morris was still confident the job was him. He's a couple of days ago, and the situation's just been handled extremely poorly. John Morris has obviously proven himself and proven that he's a good coach in the NRL level, and I hope he gets more opportunities. And 
I know Craig Fitzgibbon will be a great coach. He's been under a great system there at the Roosters, and he was a fantastic player. Sometimes that doesn't translate to head coaching, but I feel like he's got all the tools at his disposal to be a great head coach for a long period of time. But that doesn't mean that he's a better coach now than John Morris, and that doesn't mean that John Morris should have been treated the way he was. So Cronulla have got a lot of explaining to do, and the fact that Josh Henney has come into the club to be their interim coach for the rest of the year, considering he did the same at the Cowboys, they didn't have much success it's almost, and some people are saying that the rest of the season's a write-off. And I know they've had really good performances. When they lost to the Raiders, it was by goal-kicking. They lost to the Roosters last week after winning 18-0 and then conceding 26 straight points. And uh, Sam Walker had an absolute blinder. We'll get into that a little bit later when we get to the Roosters preview. But they were the better team for 60 minutes last week. They lost that game. But John Morris had, had put those guys in that position, put the systems in place, and Josh Henne comes in. Has about, will only have one or two training sessions with the Sharks while they play this Friday night, and it puts them in a very vulnerable players. Who knows what state the players will be in? Who knows if they'll show up on Friday night or not? Um, after a great performance, as I said, against the Roosters last week, they could hang their heads high in defeat, despite, you know, conceding all those points in the last 20 minutes. It was a very good performance by them. And they're versing a weakened Knights team. The Knights get a few troops back. They get Kurt Mann, Jacob Saifidi's back in the squad as well. Um... So, yeah, you know, it's it's all on the board for the Sharks. They're two out of five wins, same as the Knights. Obviously, the Knights have had so many injury problems over the last couple of weeks, but this is such an important game for both teams, and for Cronulla to be coming in with all this distraction off-field, it makes me lean towards Newcastle, not going to lie. We look at the Knights. They lost 46, I believe it was 46-18 to 18 to the Titans last week. David Fafita scored some very soft tries up the middle of the field. Their forwards couldn't match the Titans. They got out-enthused, outplayed, um, and Adam O'Brien was filthy after the loss, as he should have been. But they've got some troops back this week. They're in front of their home crowd, and after a couple of disappointing performances against the Tigers and the Dragons in front of their home fans... They're going to be out for an improved performance. They're versing a vulnerable Cronulla Sharks team at the moment, and I think the Knights can get over the top of them, regain some confidence. But as I said, whoever loses this game, their race for finals in 2021, despite only being six rounds into the competition, could be in dire straits because Newcastle needs some confidence, and the Sharks need to show something um, if they're going to be treated seriously for the rest of the year after the, after all this huge issues uh, in-house at the club. Will it impact their on-field results? I think so. I've got Newcastle in this game by six points, but when the Sharks like to get in the match, they like to grind a win out. So we'll see how it goes, but I've got Newcastle in a little bit of an upset. Um, I think they actually might be favourites at this point because of everything that's happened, but they started as massive underdogs in this game. So I've got the Knights by six points in this one. All right, moving on after that rant. There might be another one coming later in the show, but the Friday night action continues. It's a blockbuster Friday night when you think of that intrigue, that first game, in with this second game. The two best teams of the NRL era go face-to-face. It's a rematch of the 2018 Korean final when the Melbourne Storm hosts the Sydney Roosters from Amy Park. It's a little bit different of a year for both these teams so far. The Storm are three from five. They've lost, you know, to top quality opponents in the Eels and the Panthers two weeks in second in round two and three. Since then, they've versed the Broncos team and a Bulldogs team that obviously are on the complete ends of the ladder and they dominated both of their matches. This is their first test for quite some time against the Roosters side that lost to the Rabbitohs a few weeks ago, lost a lot of players due to injury. There's been an injury crisis there at Bondi, Luke Keery out for the season with an ACL injury. They've responded. They uh, they beat the Warriors in a 
you know, a, a good second half performance for Fortnite ago. Last week they were really struggling for 60 minutes before the young teenage sensation Sam Walker, the 18-year-old, really stepped up and led the team to victory. It's going to be a very exciting game. It's going to be a blockbuster. It always is when these two teams play. There's a lot of fire, a lot of motion out there because both of these teams want to be considered the best in the NRL. But as I said, they both look a little bit vulnerable this year. There's suggestions that the Roosters can't you know, win the Premiership without Luke Keery there and with all their other injury concerns. In fact, only one fullback, uh, sorry, only one 18-year-old halfback, I believe, in the last 30 to 40 years has won a Premiership uh, under the age, I believe, of 22 or 23, and that was Daly Cherry Evans back in 2011. So Sam Walker's got history against him, and Bellamy, on the other hand, it's is nearing the end of his tenure at the Melbourne Storm, the big three are gone now. Cameron Smith was the last domino to fall there. How do they deal with life after Cameron Smith? Well, they've had a couple of easy opponents. We know that they're going to be you know, in the finals this year, and they're still going to be a strong contender. But this is a real game for both teams to prove that they've got what it takes to really be a threat and give this premiership a shake this season. So it's going to be a hell of a contest. The Roosters get a few troops back this week. Uh, Lindsay Collins a big in for them. They've got a young player called Ben Marshake, I believe, or Marshek. Uh, if he can beat his charge at the judiciary, he'll be there. Then you hooker. Radley came back last week, so they've got a few back. And uh, the Storm, on the other hand, Harry Grant returned from injury last week, so he's going to add a lot to the team as well. But this is going to be such a good battle all over the park, whether you look in the halves. Craig Bellamy has such a great ability, and it's why he's one of the best coaches of all time, to pick out an opposition opponent's weakness and, you know, target it. And Sam Walker, as good as he is, and he, he has had a great start to his career, absolutely outstanding. At this point in time, you've got to say, he probably will be the rookie of the year. Um, and he, you know, single-handedly put the Roosters on his back last week, carried him over that line, some great passing, kicking, scored a try, free try assist. But Bellamy is the master of, you know, humbling some of these guys that have weaknesses in their game and Sam Walker's gonna be targeted in defense. How's he gonna how's he gonna line up when uh you know guys like Kenny Bromwich and and Finucan if he was playing, but luckily he's not, but big Nelson or Sofa Solomon are running at him, is he gonna be be able to handle that pressure for eighty minutes? Is his body gonna be able to handle it? Because he's only got a small build there. He also does the cutout passes. He's got a good kicking game, but those cutout passes are great when they land. But Bellamy's going to be aware of it and it's going to be looking for his team to shut him down, potentially intercept him. So it's going to be a very intriguing contest there. Him and his partner and Drew Hutchison have done a great job so far this year, but Hutchison doesn't have great first grade experience either, especially in the starting role. So them going up the experience combo of Jerome Hughes who has been outstanding this year. And Cameron Munster, who I really thought would take control of the Melbourne Storm, but he's played a little bit more of a supporting role to Hughes so far this year, is going to be a mouth-watering contest. Then, obviously, you got the big battle of the forward pack. Hargraves, Collins, Radley, Croydon versus the likes of the Bromwich brothers, Harry Grant, the Cheese, Nelson Asofa, Solomona, Felice Cafusi. It's going to be a huge battle up front. It's going to dictate the terms. We'll see what space those halves get to roam. And then you've got the two best fullbacks in the game. James Tedesco has been put on notice so far this year because Ryan Pappershouse is playing outstanding football. Last week, he was great against the Bulldogs. The week before that, four tries in 11 minutes against the Brisbane Broncos. Tedesco, he's got the moniker of you know the New South Wales fullback, the Australian fullback, the best player in the game. But 
it, the challenge is being laid out. Paterhausen's also a blue. We'll see how that contest goes. It's going to be very exciting football. I'm looking forward to just sitting back and watching the action here on Friday night. And um, it's a hard one to tip because, as I said, we don't really have a gauge on how both these teams have gone so far this year in terms of if they're still those powerhouse teams that we know that they can be, um, and if they've got the confidence to go on and be real heavyweights of this competition for the rest of the season. But I both think they're still top sides, and I think they'll both prove it with a great match on Friday night, but I'm leaning towards the Storm. They're impossible to tip against, uh, uh, t- impossible to tip against when they're at home, and obviously, as I said, Bellamy knows how to target opposition weakness, and obviously the Roosters got a lot of experience, inexperience, whether it be the halves or the bench, and I think that that Bellamy will be a master of exposing that. So I've got the Storm by eight in this contest, but expect it to go right down to the wire. And I think the Storm might just be a little bit too strong in the later stages. And um, it's going to be very interesting. If Sam Walker has a huge game in this match, then, you know, he's a superstar without a doubt. He's already at that level. It looks like he could be at that level, but this game will cement him as the most exciting young prospect in the NRL if he dominates against the Craig Bellamy coach, Melbourne Storm. All right, on to my favourite time of the week now. Super Saturday and the action all will kick off from Glen Willow Stadium at Mudgee when the Manly Seagulls take their home game there against a full-of-confidence Gold Coast Titans team. The Titans travelling along well. Three wins, two losses. Haven't really fired when the challenge has been online, but they've their big forward pack, David Feeder and Big Tino, have been dominating and bullying Lesser opposition, especially in their forward pack. And the team's really just bounced off the back of those two big men's efforts. Mitch Rain's been superb out of the dummy half. I'd like to see a little bit more from Brimson, Fogarty, and Ash Taylor. But overall, the Titans traveling high, full of confidence. And confident they can, they can play a part in the postseason based on the first five rounds. But they're going up against the Manly Seagulls side. That finally got a win on the board last week. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a good game of football. I successfully predicted it on this NRL podcast. My best upset of the year so far. But Cherry Evans' field goal, his golden boot, got him over the line. And that will give him a lot of confidence, especially that first win's always, you know, the hardest to get, to get on the board. They get some confidence from that, despite it not being great performance. They get some troops back this week. They lost Jack Gawowski last week with that injury from the, to the knee. They're bringing in the young kid, Olalatu, I believe his name isn't. But the big in, why Dylan Walker might have been injured and he did an okay job at fullback. He got exposed several times. They've got the man himself, Tom Taroyevich, comes back into the team this week. We'll see how he can combine with his brother, Foran and Cherry Evans. And why Foran and Cherry Evans have been challenged so far this year, I really liked Cherry Evans' early kicking game last week. It really helped Manly's completion rate. It kept the action in the Warriors, you know, half their 30 to 40 meter line. Um, and why, you know, the, the Warriors might have got some good field position. The fact that they were getting through their sets, Cherry Evans had the awareness to be kicking on the third or fourth tackle. It gives me confidence to get Manly for their season. Des has the... I think can get this team out of the slump. It's a game that the Titans have to be very careful not to take lightly. I know this Manly team hasn't been great so far this year, but they're traveling the Mudgee. It could be an ambush if they don't show up here. Tom Trevojevic coming back. I know he got rushed back a little bit early in round 20 last year, and he tried too hard and had a bad game. And Obviously, a lot of injury problems. So the first concern is him staying on the park, getting some matches 
under his belt and getting that confidence back. And that's going to be the most important thing this weekend for him. But he had so many more dimensions to attack. And if he starts the game of firing, and if, even if, you know, Manly score a try in the first 10 to 20 minutes and Tommy's not involved, he'll get some confidence just because the team's traveling well. And you never know what Tom Shroyovich can do in this match and how he can impact the team's performance. So um, for me... As I said, Manly have to match the Titans' big forwards. They can't let Fafida and Big Tino bully them. But I'd like to see more. Both halves combinations, in my opinion, have been disappointing so far this year. I know Tanner Boyd's played a bit for the Titans um, and, and Taylor and Fogarty. Ash Taylor's just cutting out. Brimson, who's such a damaging ball runner, can create so much there at fullback in when they're on attack, he was just cutting him out and not and just going past him or, or balls were hitting the ground last week and not getting Brimson involved enough. So they need to improve. Ford and Cherry Evans haven't really been on the same page so far this year. That experiment hasn't worked. I know they got Schuster, who's another good ball playing, obviously a playmaker, and he's a good um, good with the football, that he can add another dimension, even if he's in the second round. He had a great game last week, but they need to fix up what they're doing Um you know, with their attacking kicking game, Sheridan has been good in general play, but they need to need to get some life in their attack, and I think Tommy will give them the confidence to do that. Um, as I said, I tipped the, both these teams in the top eight at the start of the year. Manly have been, you know, very poor to start the year. Um, the Titans, I said, they'll get better throughout the year, and I, I, I just expect an ambush. I think Manly have got a little bit of confidence from that win, and they can really upset Gold Coast in this game. I've got Manly by two points, but I think this is probably the most exciting 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon game we've had so far this season. So mainly by two points in a big upset, but they've got to match the Titans' big forwards early. All right, the Super Saturday will continue with the 5.30 match from Stadium Australia. The South Sydney Rabbitohs host the West Tigers, and South Sydney will start with them first because I can see a rant coming on when I get to the West Tigers. It wasn't a podcast that didn't get released yesterday. I'm sure it's coming again. I'm feeling myself bubble with anger when I think about the Tigers, but the Rabbitohs, well, they're traveling along nicely. It wasn't a great performance against Canterbury two weeks ago when they won 38-0. It wasn't a great performance last week when they beat the Broncos 35-8, to uh, 35-6, to I think it was, but they haven't really gotten out of first gear and they haven't needed to. Um, they've been cruising along. They're looking for their next big challenge. Um, they're not taking teams lightly, however. They're, they're showing enough to suggest that they're just going to get better with time, see us, and even without Cody Walker there last week, Latrell Mitchell's combinations were just fantastic. He had a great performance. Tom Burr, just 250 metres, absolutely outstanding. Seahs are just in that position. As I said, anything but a grand final performance, I've said it many times so far this year, would be an absolute disappointment for the South Sydney side. So they're travelling along nicely. Cody Walker back this week. They're going to have plenty of confidence going into this game against the Tigers team that, well, let's put it this way. Last Sunday... They had plenty to play for. They were versing a weakened opposition in the North Queensland Cowboys who were winless and Todd Payton was under a lot of pressure and all the players up there were under a lot of pressure. The Tigers had shown something for some of that game against the Eels. They were one win. They had a good win a fortnight ago against the Knights. They had it all to play for. It was Tom Rodonicus, uh Tommy, his tribute match, Tom Rodonicus, one of the greatest players of all time, a man that showed so much heart and aggression on and off the field. Belmore was... Uh, Belmore. Bear Main, sorry. Leichhardt was basically sold out for the match. People were traveling from far and wide. Luke Brooks runs out with the seven jersey in, 
you know, in his hands. He's wearing the 14 in tribute for Tom Radonikus. And then that first half, they come out with that effort. And it was absolutely disgraceful. They got booed off at halftime. The Cowboys were all over him. Credit to the Cowboys for getting their first win of the year. But that first half last week for the Tigers was absolutely pathetic. For a team that hasn't made the finals since 2011... Awful. Michael Maguire blew up at halftime, rightfully so. They had a better performance in the second half, but still just completely disappointing. It just shows you the last 10 years of the Tigers. It's like we're going on a repeat. This is a game they should have won. It's a game they should have won comfortably, and they threw it away, and I was pissed off watching it because I'd tip the Tigers. I was going for a perfect round, and they throw this performance out. They've made a few changes this week. The Tigers, um, obviously Joseph Leilua had that HIA early in the game. Stefano is starting. James Tarmo only played 27 minutes, but the pressure's definitely on Michael Maguire after that loss. And the whole club, it's just poorly managed. They haven't made a final series in 10 years. They've been rebuilding for 10 years. And at the moment, they don't look like making a finals appearance for the next five years. Luke Brooks, this is now his eighth season in the NRL. He's played over 150 first-grade games. He hasn't played a finals match. How many chances we we get in this guy? Surely, I know they've made a couple of changes this week, but surely Mike Maguire has to instill that if you're not going to perform in front of your home crowd when the, the season's on the line against a team like the Cowboys, when the hell are you going to perform? How are you going to compete with a team against the, like the caliber of the South Sydney side this week? It's pathetic. He needs to make changes. If Brooks and Dewey, who I thought Dewey's been playing great, but if that combination's not working, then drop Brooks. I know he's on a lot of money, but he has to change. Little got dropped this week. I thought he was playing better than Brooks. There's just a lot of problems going on at that club. They've recruited it poorly, and they're paying the price for it, and their players just are not showing up. And Michael Maguire, I love him as a coach. Great coach at South Sydney. He's under a lot of pressure to fix it. It needs to be fixed fast because those performances are not good enough. So, um, <laughs> rant over. <laughs> but in this game, it's going to be one-way trafficked. After teams get flogged the week before and a surprise loss, you expect them to bounce back, and that's what I expect the Tigers to do this week, but they can't compete with this Rabideau side. Their forwards are playing with confidence. I don't think the Tigers can match them in that department, and then they've got X-factors that the Tigers won't just, just won't be able to control, whether it's Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. These guys are professionals. Reynolds, you know, put the entire rugby league world on notice last week for a great performance, especially considering the contract negotiations with CFs didn't go well. So if I was the Tigers, I'd be looking at him for the future for sure. And he's going to be out to, you know, finish the, well, play the rest of the year extremely strongly and hopefully get a premiership there for CF Sydney. But it's going to be one-way traffic. I expect CFs to win this one by 20 points. As I said, the Tigers will be in a fight for a while. They should be anyway. You never know what you're going to get with them. Um, but the... The Rabbitohs just got way too much class when it matters against the Tigers team that have to have a real hard look at themselves in the mirror this week. All right, an absolute blockbuster to end Super Saturday from 7.30 at GIO Stadium down there in Canberra. The Canberra Raiders host the Parramatta Eels. Both of these teams missing a couple stars. Charles Nickel Clodstack, a neck injury, will keep him out for several months. He's been replaced by Caleb Atkins, the handy utility that's come over to the Raiders from the Penrith Panthers last season. And Dylan Brown will take a one-week suspension for a crusher tackle um, last weekend in that loss to the Dragons. So he will be replaced by Will Smith, who comes into the starting team. And both of these teams coming off losses last week. 
the Raiders started really well against Penrith, and it took Penrith a long time to score. They didn't score until 27 minutes, but when they got going, they got going strong, and Canberra just couldn't contain them. Uh, they're versing a Parramatta side that, quite frankly, were very disappointing last week, and they got bashed by St. George of Dragons side. Anthony Griffin's got the Dragons defense firing at the moment. They couldn't shut down their attack, and it was an extremely disappointing performance by Parramatta. So it's going to be an interesting contest this week. It's a, it's a couple good battles. The English forwards have been firing. Guys like Ryan Sutton, Elliot Whitehead for the Raiders this year. And George Williams been great in that halfback role again. It's the same old problem for the Parramatta Eels. I mean, the Raiders, you know what they're going to bring. They're going to bring that grittiness. They're going to be fighting for every inch on the field like they were last week. They got a little bit outclassed. And, you know, the, the Viking clap that Penrith did against them is going to add fuel to the fire later in the year. We know what Pen- uh, Canberra can do. They're going to be there late in the season, and they're going to use that and the whole Joseph Tarpanay, Stephen Crichton incident as inspiration, and I expect them to come firing out this weekend. They've, As I said, Parramatta, they have so many problems, and it's the same old story for them. The pressure gets put on their forwards. Their forwards get in a really tight battle, and guys like Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses don't step up when they need to, don't. Their kicking game's not there to get their team out of trouble. Clint Gufson can only go do so much for them. And, you know, they weren't there defensively last week. Um, their attack didn't really fire. They didn't get many opportunities. And they've got to, when the pressure's on in these big games, because the Dragons came out far and they've got to find a way to turn the momentum. And I just feel like one thing goes wrong for Parramatta, a thousand things go wrong. They just cannot turn that tide of momentum. And it's a real problem for Brad Arthur because you're not going to get things going your way when it comes to crunch time near the finals. So they need to be better. It's a big challenge down there in Canberra this week. I expect it to be a fiery contest, a lot of points scored, but it's impossible to tip against Canberra at home. Um, They've almost made that place a fortress, just like Penrith at Panthers Stadium. And I've got Canberra in this game by 10 points, but I expect the Eels to be with them for a long period of time. They're missing Dylan Brown. We'll see how the combination between Smith and Moses goes there. But Canberra just seem a little bit more composed this week. And they're ready to prove that the next time they verse Penrith, they'll be up for the challenge. So Canberra by 10 for me in this one. All right, since I've basically recorded this podcast twice, um, it's been a big show. As I mentioned at the start, please like what have we been watching movie podcast if you haven't. It's our second podcast. I know that sometimes rugby league and movies don't translate in terms of passion, but if you guys like both, or if you just like supporting me and and want to help me succeed um, in this podcast space that I really have fun doing, please go over, like, what have we been watching movie podcasts on Facebook? It means the world to me. Um, I feel like I've been going on a lot of rants in this podcast. I promise I'm not that ranty on, on the topic of movies, but we do keep it interesting. We have some interesting uh, arguments there, me and my co-host, Noletta. So go check out what I've been watching. But heading into the Sunday action, Sunday football, and it's back to its what I think should be its natural time spot at the 2 o'clock game and the 4 o'clock game. It's a little bit different next week with the Anzac Day contests. But 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock football, it's it's the way to go. It's it's a long wait to that 6.30 game that since the start of the season, and um, I'm glad that it's back earlier. The football and the action kicks off from Estrada Jubilee Stadium when the St. George Orange Dragons take on the New Zealand Warriors from 2 p.m., the Dragons, well, they're shutting the critics up big time so far this year. Four wins in the trot. Anthony Griffin has got this team, and I was so impressed by him against, in that performance against Parramatta. It was their first real test. They've won four in a row now, but for their first three wins against the depleted Newcastle side, Manly, 
and the Cowboys, but they showed something last week. The defensive structures are there. Anthony Griffin likes it. The recruitment of McCulloch has done wonders for the club, especially for the confidence of Corey Norman. And last week, their attack fight, Matt Dufty was outstanding. Usually, opposition see those pass going. I don't know how the Eels couldn't, because he did the similar thing against Newcastle the week before in the Knights. He managed to shut it down, but... Uh, he's playing, you know, well when he gets the opportunity to, and I, I'm still not a huge fan, but he is. Clune has been outstanding in the absence of um, of Ben Hunt, and their big forwards are firing, and they bashed the Eels last week. They just, it was an old-fashioned uh, beating, and the Eels just couldn't turn that momentum around, and all credit to the Dragons. They're, they're playing good. Rugby League's going good when the Dragons are going good, because they've got such a, a passionate supporter base, one of the best in the league. And uh, we'll see if they can get five in a row, which would be a massive accomplishment considering a lot of pundits had them at the Wooden Spoon this year. I had them at 13th, but if they keep playing like this, they're well on their way to a finals berth. It's only early in the season. I know they've peaked early before, but it's a great performance um, so far this year. They've really overcome expectations of them. They're versus a Warriors team that are injury depleted at the moment. It wasn't a great game against the Manly Seagulls last week, and not getting those two points is would have had to disappoint Nathan Brown and uh, would have took a lot of energy out of this Warriors side. Their confidence is down at the moment. I mean, as I said, injury problems everywhere. Their halves, they've got Chanel Tavita Harris out, Ewan Aiken, a lot of their big forwards as well. So in RTS's last season, the pressure's on here. It's a big game for the Warriors. They've only won two out of five games. We'll see if they show up in the in the match there at Cogra on Sunday. But for me, I've just got the Dragons being too strong. Um, it will be a good batter at the forward pack because the Warriors have got some big forwards, guys like Bunty Afoa, who's back this week, uh, Tohu Harris, um, Murchie, Wade, Yin, Jazz Tavanga. But the the Dragons pack's been underappreciated and they've really performed well. Josh McGuire signed with him throughout the week. He could even play this week. But the likes of Daniel Alvaro, Kate Ellis, Tarek Sims back in form. They're really overachieving at the moment. And I see no reason why the Dragons can't go five in a row. In fact, this is the lock of the week for me. I've got the Dragons by 14 points in this game, which is a lot considering they don't usually win 13 plus, but I'm sure after the, you know, the lack of, the lack of confidence around a lot of people in the world of rugby league at the start of the year, Dragons fans will just be happy with a win here, but I've got them by 14. I think they're, they're going to do some good things for the rest of the season and they're, they're playing well and got plenty of confidence because of it. All right, which leads us to the last game of the rounds. 4 o'clock Sunday, the North Queensland Cowboys from Country Bank Stadium. Back at home against the Canterbury Bulldogs, the only team in the NRL without a win so far this year. And Credit where credit is due. I've been criticizing the Cowboys all year in this podcast. They showed me something last week. Todd Payton came out, um, backed his team. Scott Drinkwater had a great performance, and they got on the board with an impressive first-half display against the Tigers. The question is, does that tell you more about where the Tigers are at or the Cowboys are at? Well, we're going to find out this week because they're versing a Bulldog side that are winless, but they would have gained some confidence last week, not on the scoreline because the Storm won 52-18, but the fact that they could score points against the defense as good as Melbourne has to have some some good signs there for Trent Barrett. He's you know, they're under all sorts of pressure, both clubs at the moment, and Trent Barron in particular needs a win with his club soon. Luke Thompson added a lot to this Bulldogs pack last week. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a hard one to watch. If you want to skip a game this year, I recommend it be the Bulldogs-Cowboys. There's not too much to say about this. It's really going to be a battle of, of whether the Bulldogs can contain the Cowboys um, and the attack that they showed last week and whether they can score enough points in their own to be competitive here. 
They're paying 275 on the tab, which, again, I credit where credit's due with the Cowboys, but I think that, that win against the Tigers uh, were more on the end of the Tigers not showing up than the Cowboys doing anything different. I think that they played their natural game, and things clicked because the Cowboys' defense, uh, the Tigers' defense wasn't there. So um, I've got the Bulldogs in a bit of an upset. I think they can build on some confidence of, of getting some points there. It's going to be tough going up to North Queensland to do it, but I think they're getting closer to a win. I think they're really... Um, earning the points, the points that they scored last week, and I think they can they can build on that confidence and upset this Cowboys team, who, as you guys know, I haven't rated all year. I don't rate now, and um, they could prove me wrong again and, and beat this Bulldogs side. But I feel like the Bulldogs have a promising future. They've got some good players next year coming over, Matt Bird and Josh Adokar. Um This year, definitely a rebuilding year for them, but it doesn't mean they can't grind out a few victories. And I think that. They're going to show up, and they're going to be mentally ready for this match. So the Bulldogs buy six for me, but as I said, it's a it's a snooze fest, this one. If you want to skip the last game of the round, go right ahead. You won't be missing much. Um, not much excitement in the air, but I've got the Bulldogs by six in this one. All right, those are my tips for round six of the Telstra Premiership. Make sure you tune in next week for my special report card edition of Steve's NRL footy tips as I grade each team from A to F with their season after six games. And it's going to be an interesting one. I said, I hope I can get a guest or two on that show. But thank you guys for listening as always. Before we end, I'll go to Steve's best bets. But just a recap of my free tips so far this week. And it all starts on the Thursday night. I've got the Penrith Panthers being too strong for the Brisbane Broncos. The Friday matches. The Knights upsetting uh, the turmoiled inner fighting Cronulla Sharks. I've got the Storm being too strong for the Roosters in a great contest Meanly upsetting the Titans to kick off Saturday afternoon football, followed by the Rabbitohs being way too strong for the Tigers, and the Raiders getting some confidence with a win back at home against the Parramatta Eels. And then the Sunday games, we've got the Dragons being too strong for the Warriors, and the Bulldogs upsetting the Cowboys and getting their first win of the year up there in North Queensland. Those are my tips for the week. Let's go to my multi of the week, and I said the Dragons were my lock of the week. The fact that they're paying $1.45 is... Um, you know, I think it's a bit generous to the Warriors. I know $1.45 is not much, but I think they're a lock. So we're just going to put them in head-to-head. We know they don't win too many games, 13-plus, but you've got to add them there. I think you put them in. I think you put... Um, you add that with Manly um, with the start. They've got 6.5 started, $1.85. I think that will be good. And those two give you $2.70. If you want to spice it up a little bit more, um, just throw in the... Throwing the South Sydney Rabbitohs against the Tigers, 13+. plus. It's not going to be paying much, only $1.46. But I think even though the Tigers will have an improved performance, the Rabbitohs will just be too strong. So if you put uh, nearly 6.5 start, CS 13+, and the Dragons head-to-head, that gives you $3.95. Um, not bad odds uh, with those three selections. All right, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. As always, almost got a perfect round last week. Let's hope I can improve it this week. I'll see you guys on the next edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Enjoy your football this weekend.